Welcome to the Productivity Mastery Podcast, presented to you by myself, Stoyan Yankov, Productivity and Performance Coach, Keynote and TEDx Speaker, and co-author of the Perform Methodology, and the book, Perform, The Unsexy Truth About Startup Success. Join me on a journey to discover what some of the world's leading professionals do to be more productive, create peak performing teams, and build successful global companies. New episodes weekly. And now, enjoy today's episode. And it's showtime. Welcome back to Productivity Mastery. As you've probably seen, if you've been following the podcast uh, more closely, um, uh, I haven't published an episode in the last few weeks. Uh, The reason is I've been on the road. I've traveled to the Bulgarian mountains to do a team off-site for for a corporate. Then I spent a week in Copenhagen, where I've been working together with my co-author, Cristobal Alonso, on our second book. And I managed to succeed writing a full chapter of the book, so so very happy about that. And after that, I, I visited the country, which is probably the most visited country on my calendar. Last year, I've been there every month, pretty much. Uh, Estonia, the, the hub of innovation, <laughs> this small, beautiful country where a lot of stuff is happening. And uh, I had a chance to reconnect with my friend, Ivo. And our first experiences, uh, you, can, you can find our first experiences back, uh, you can track it back to the Slovenian mountains where Ivo, uh, myself and Anu, uh, who's the managing director of um, ESPAN, uh, we we had this treasure hunt adventure in the in the night during a startup conference called Podim. So we had a really great experience, and I wa- I've been wanting to get Ivo on the podcast for probably a year or more. But either he's busy or I'm busy. But but fortunately, we met each other in the, the small town of Rakvere in Estonia, being part of an innovation program, both of us. So I cornered him and Ivo said yes to the podcast, which I'm very happy about. So my guest today, ladies and gentlemen, is an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, serial investor, an author. He's been the owner and manager at Telegroup AS and Ridango. His portfolio of companies includes more than 40 startup investments. Today, Ivo mainly focuses on investing and consulting startups. He's the former president and founding member of the Estonian Business Angels Network, a venture partner of the VC Fund Superhero Capital, and a founding member and partner of Nescap Fund. He's a mentor, an advisor, a giver, and uh, a lot more. Ivo, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That was a long intro. Uh, (laughs) Let's kick it off now. Hello, everybody. And and everybody who's listening live, you're welcome to post your questions connected to angel syndicates, to funding, to investment. So make sure to post it in the comments and we'll try to take some questions as well. Ivo, let's uh, let's maybe begin a little bit to uncover your story to begin with. How did you decide it? I want to get into investing. When was that? And, and, and what was kind of the, the thought process? Did you meet another investor that was like, Ivo, you should try this investing thing. It's really cool. Or, or how did it happen? Yeah, actually, uh, uh, I started entrepreneurship during the uh, university. So we did all kinds of different uh, 
things um, uh, uh, like trying to sell uh, wine or uh, everything else that was illegal. But uh, I mean, that's uh, how entrepreneurial uh, uh, life starts. Um, haven't been uh, working for anybody else. Uh, started my own company during university, and uh, that—that's uh, the way how it started. I guess my first startup investment happened in last century. I'm not sure if even uh, the term startup was uh, well known then. Uh, at least uh, it was not known in Estonia and. Uh, very few maybe knew that um, Silicon Valley exists. Um, so I did my few first investments and of course lost uh, all the money invested, <laughs> which is the case with uh, startup investors uh, usually and their first investments. So, um, but that's my journey, yes. Um, uh, can I just you, can I just stop yeah. you for a second? You, you, I think it's <laughs> sure. interesting. You, you said you lost your money. What was the reason? Like, were you so passionate to invest that you just didn't know many things, or why did that happen? Yeah, I, I knew nothing about investing into new new startups, new ventures. Uh, so uh, um, one was like uh, uh, Airbnb uh, kind of thing. Uh, but probably too early. <laughs> and uh, the the other one was uh, like online uh, casinos. Um, again, probably too early. So um, we didn't uh, succeed in uh, finding enough, uh, enough uh, customers and uh, burned all the money and finally had to close. And, and about, uh, yeah, then we even didn't think of... Uh, raising more funds to professional investors. Uh, come on, we didn't, even didn't know that the VCs exist. So <laughs> uh, even not, not to speak about the, even these uh, angel syndicates. So uh, I'm not sure if uh, the term angel even was uh, known uh, in Estonia at that time. So, but uh, interesting times, of course, and a lot of learnings. So, so that didn't crash you, though. You, you lost some, you know, burned some money, wow. and then the first felt attempt, but but you kept being curious, and and eventually, think uh, started to work out. Yes, of course, yes, and, uh, and then I had my first uh, larger exit uh, with Telegroup. We sold it to uh, Telia, Telia Sonera. Um, at that time, so we were part of a stock listed uh, company, which was. Uh, quite an interesting journey um, and uh, after a few years we uh, uh, acquired all the shares back with the management and uh, later I sold my shares to co-founder and uh, became a shareholder in uh, Ridango and after a few years uh, I uh, exited also Ridango uh, so that's uh, that's my journey um, I've been uh, investing startups uh, like uh, more or less all the all the time uh, more than uh, I, I think it's 20 years 20 years yes even more um, 20 22 24 24 years uh, sometimes more sometimes less uh, if I didn't have money to invest then I didn't invest so <laughs> And if I had an exit, then I uh, again did some investments and uh, spent my money too quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So, so was there any any 
selection criteria when it comes to like an industry or size or or something that you kind of establish these are the type of startups I like to invest in? Yeah, finally, uh, when uh, ESPAN, Estonian Business Angels Network, was uh, founded, I was one of the founding members. Then I had uh, finally my thesis, uh, where to invest. And uh, that was uh, actually easy. Uh, preferably uh, software uh, as a service startups. Uh, sometimes uh, they could be with a hardware component. And, uh, but the most important criteria was that uh, the uh, startup should... Um, uh, make an existing industry um, much more uh, effective, like several times. Um, it was, yeah, we can call it digitalization. <laughs> and uh, that was my criteria and uh, is my criteria so, uh, so far. And is it only Estonian startups you invest in or are you you're more globally looking? Uh, mostly, mostly local. I do have some... Uh, Investments in other startups, uh, uh, like two startups in Germany, one in uh, uh, Scotland, um, two, I think, two or three in uh, Latvia, none in Finland, by the way, and all the rest in Estonia. So, um, yeah, something in Central uh, Central Europe as well. So, uh, But mostly in Estonia, because uh, I invest very early and... Uh, it's important to have the uh, human touch with founders and um, help them as much as possible. And uh, then the um, kilometers uh, make it more difficult. Right. So, so, so tell me about the, the S-Bahn uh, or Estonian Business Angels Network, which you're a founding member of. Um, first of all, why did you guys decide to, to found it? Was it like the time that... You felt the need that you know angels needs to come together, need to be educated, and you you got to bring the community together. And generally, what is the role of Esban today on the on the startup ecosystem? Yeah, back then it was uh, you know few um, old industry guys uh, who had made some money with their uh, non startups, <laughs> uh, like uh, ordinary companies which start uh, making money from the day uh, one. And uh, and uh, those guys, uh, you know, had uh, heard something about uh, oh, startups are some kind of new kind of creatures uh, that uh, bring you millions, you know. So uh, we we want to invest them. And uh, then there was uh, Skype Mafia, and uh, th these these were two different animals. I mean, the uh, old industry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, investors and uh, and Skype mafia. So, and uh, I guess uh, one of the um, uh, forces for uh, Espan to start was uh, let's uh, have a like uh, joint deal flow and uh, syndicated investments uh, and uh, let's have more access to startups. You know, before that it was like mostly. It's uh, Skype Mafia, and uh, they had their own business, their own startups, and you know uh, something, and 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 Espan like uh, completely separate. But uh, now I I can say uh, there is no uh, separating line in between. So now all is one. So it's one investment community and uh, startup investment community, and uh, they work hand in hand. 
Yeah, there's so much stuff going on. I'm traveling a lot to Estonia and, and there's always events, uh, different activities, initiatives, and, and I always see the, the logo of Esban and the, the like active involvement. So I love the Estonian ecosystem for the fact that the, the community is really supportive and, and, you know, it's a small community, but it's very collaborative, seen from outside at least. Uh, so keep, keep on doing what you're doing in that for sure. And, and I think uh, it would be a great time since you mentioned syndicates, is to do to maybe for the people for the people listening who have no idea about these things to just to give us a, an idea what is a business angel and what is angel syndicate. Good question. So uh, business angel is uh, uh, like a person with uh, enough wealth uh, to invest into uh, startups. Uh, and uh, enough uh, wealth means uh, any uh, like six, six digits and up uh, uh, of uh, free cash uh, that can be invested. And uh, uh, yeah, with, with Espan, actually, one of the ideas was to create uh, syndicates with Espan. And uh, my, uh, when I was uh, part of, uh, when I was uh, president of Espan, so it was uh, my um, task number one to start co-investing or investing uh, together with uh, Estonian startup events. So now you can see like uh, huge uh, syndicates, huge tickets uh, uh, announced uh, uh, in conjunction with uh, startup uh, events. Like this year is one million. Can you imagine? One million um, being invested uh, to Startup Day and Startup Estonia, sorry, uh, Latitude uh, winners. Um, one, two, three or four investments um, uh, together, but I mean, uh, it's a big amount. So I'm really happy that um, this uh, is uh, really popular and uh, brings more startups, more investors uh, to these indi uh, invent events and uh, this is going really really well mm -hmm. so so angel is uh, just for for those who are not probably from the startup system as well but like angels are how involved is a business angel like do you do you have to to have a um, specific involvement on top of the, the the money invested is that a necessity or is it just more like optional and not every angel is doing it yeah, one startup can have like uh, maybe even 50 angels. So you can't expect everyone uh, giving help, helping hand. But, uh, uh, but some, of course, will, will help if they can. And uh, uh, angels uh, do help. They have the freedom to help or not to help. Uh, they can just uh, throw in some money and uh, wait for the returns, positive or negative. Uh, so... Um, but um, I, I think um, if speaking about angel syndicates, one good uh, feature really for the investors is that uh, they um, can uh, like um, invest uh, together with uh, like lead investor and, uh, and forget about it or and then uh, try to help the startup and uh, really contribute. So uh, it's the freedom, freedom uh, of your time.
what is the usual number of angels in one syndicate? Like, is there any kind of a particular, like the average of investors in, included are this number? Like, like what is the kind of the range? Um, let, let's say uh, most startup uh, startups or most investments into startups are made through the syndicate. Um, also, uh, VCs are the syndicate in some form, um, and uh, crowdfunding is syndicate. So syndicate means there are a lot of investors, and uh, um, investments are put into the one um, special purpose vehicle. Uh, and this vehicle, uh, typically a company, invests into the startup. So startup has only like one investor and behind that one investor you have like uh, uh, whatever number like from three to unlimited uh, number of uh, investors and syndicates uh, like private syndicates can happen like uh, me and you Stoyan putting together like uh, 20k and uh, investing under one uh, SPV into uh, next successful uh, Uh, unicorn or uh, so only me and you uh, or um, like uh, arranged syndicates under some organization like Espan does mm -hmm. and wh why do you why do we need this as a as an ecosystem why do we need syndicates like what are the, the main benefits from maybe from a startup uh, perspective that's an excellent question for the startup um, If you have like uh, 50 angels, everyone with 5K tickets, uh, uh, try to uh, get signatures uh, from 50, 50 angels. Uh, uh, it's pretty tough. But if you have these 50 angels under one uh, name, uh, then it's pretty easy. Uh, that's from the startup uh, point of view. Also, uh, from the startup point of view, Uh, it's easier uh, to get uh, angels invest um, through the syndicate because syndicates uh, bring many benefits to investors. Uh, that's also very important. So if you like, um, if if your investors invest direct, uh, then you might get like uh, five investors. If you make a syndicate, you may get like 20, uh, many more investors so you get also more more money as a founder so uh, and uh, from the investors um, point of view there are many benefits um, first uh, uh, I, I could uh, name information rights uh, you get the same information rights as other fund investors uh, otherwise um, in later stages some startups uh, limit the information uh, rights to uh, smaller ticket holders uh, because it's, uh, you know, you try to keep your uh, trade secrets and uh, if you spread the information to too many um, uh, investors, then it could become a problem. So, uh, for example, uh, the like standard limit is somewhere 2.5%. If you own less than 2.5%, you may have the limit the limitations to the information limits. Um, <clears throat> then um, protecting investor rights. You can imagine if you spent like 5,000 uh, uh, 
to the startup investment and uh, there comes a, a hundred pages agreement uh, and uh, there are some things in the agreement uh, that you would like to like um, renegotiate uh, if you just invested five thousand uh, it it is just not uh, viable uh, to pay uh, expensive lawyers uh, to get your um, uh, rights protected uh, through the syndicate it's much easier uh, syndicates have more dry powder to pay uh, for the expensive uh, lawyers um, then uh, also what i had in uh, my past uh, uh, when i invested into german startup uh, i had forced exit uh, there was uh, one corporate uh, investor uh, who uh, required uh, that smaller uh, ticket holders uh, smaller investors shall be uh, bought out so i i don't complain uh, i got uh, like two three percent uh, or even more uh, not percent sorry times uh, uh, money back but anyway uh, it could be uh, good for like seven months investment, but uh, I could get even more if uh, I could stay the shareholder. So uh, forced exit, of course, is one of the uh, things. And uh, through the syndicate, um, uh, it's not uh, that easy for the new investors to push out the syndicate. So then uh, pro rata uh, rights. Pro rata means that uh, if you have invested a startup and there is new uh, investor coming in, uh, then uh, new shares are emitted and uh, uh, every other investor um, is diluted. So your shareholding will uh, uh, become smaller and you can pr protect your uh, shareholding. For example, if you had like 3%, uh, uh, and you are diluted to less than 3%, you can um, invest more to get uh, the pro rata uh, right and uh, uh, protect your shareholding. Uh, so through the syndicate, uh, not all the syndicate members uh, protect uh, their investment and uh, they uh, not all want to uh, invest more. So the pro rata right can be uh, shared within the syndicate so uh, if uh, you uh, for example want to invest more uh, into future unicorn you can uh, invest more uh, using the pro rata right of other syndicate members so uh, then also you get more liquidity uh, this is also a very important thing um, for example, if you have some family events or uh, or just uh, want to exit sooner than uh, uh, exit of the startup, then um, it's much easier to sell your shares among the um, uh, syndicate members or even to outside syndicate. Uh, so you don't need to uh, negotiate uh, with the startup uh, and uh, the process is many times easier and uh, in some cases it's just a three-sided small agreement to uh, to sign in a matter of minutes 
Um, so then uh, fees. Um, if you invest, uh, for example, through the uh, uh, venture capital investors, so uh, then uh, the typical fee structure is 2% uh, annual and 20% uh, carry. Uh, angel syndicates usually have much uh, smaller fees. Uh, in Espan case, the typical uh, syndicate uh, fee is uh, a few percent uh, uh, one time uh, from your investments. That's uh, for the um, uh, costs, management costs. Uh, and uh, uh, then uh, carry uh, will be maybe five, maybe 10%, but uh, still that's half what the funds uh, charge. Uh, so, and uh, less you pay to the funds uh, or less you pay uh, uh, for the syndicate, the uh, more return you get yourself. Uh, that's straightforward. And also, um, uh, I, I guess uh, many listeners uh, have heard about the portfolio strategy. Uh, if you invest into startups, which are really really risky asset class uh, you know most startups uh, fail and very few uh, will succeed uh, then uh, uh, to um, benefit from startup investments you probably need to do like 20 to 30 investments um, which means um, i mean that's a lot uh, 30 investments and to make an investment uh, you probably look at uh, like 10 companies Altogether, to make 30 investments and uh, study like uh, 30 times 10, 300 companies, uh, it's a big time, time burden. So uh, through the syndicate, it's much easier. Uh, somebody has done the work on behalf of you and said, I commit my money. And uh, if you want to join, uh, you are welcome to do that. So you don't need, need to do this uh, screening and uh, discussing with founders, etc., etc. So you save a lot of time in all those procedures. Also in reading uh, like documents, uh, investment documents. So somebody has done this work and you can trust, uh, trust the lead investor. So uh, these are a uh, few advantages, of course, uh, there are probably many more that uh, uh, we, we cannot cover in such a short time. Of course, um, I'm thinking right now, um, you know, some of the people listening to these episodes are probably, you know, founders, there's other that are investors, but I, I think there's this other group of maybe people who work for corporate executives who are considering maybe investing um, and I wonder how does one join an angel syndicate do you guys have any specific selection process or like, like what do you look for what, what would be the ideal future like somebody's never done investing before but they want to consider joining what, what's the next steps uh, it's very easy. Uh, whatever country you are in um, join the local uh, uh, angel uh, organization um, or network, like in Estonia, Espan, in uh, Latvia, Latvan, in Lithuania, Litvan, in Finland, uh, Fiban. Uh, so you can 
you can google uh, find the local angel network and uh, join the group uh, some of these have annual fees but if you intend to invest some money then uh, this fee is really uh, small uh, so uh, it's no problem you get a lot more uh, services and uh, information and deal flow in these uh, uh, angel groups that's the best way to to join of course there are some uh, uh, private uh, like syndicates uh, then uh, for, for that uh, you just need to know the right people to join these syndicates right and, and what what excites you Ivo, about uh, continuously being in this uh, in this role in this place and in, in setting up like today you're on the podcast you're talking about angel syndicates and obviously you have a passion about it like what excites you to keep on on being focused on this um what I, I really like to learn, you know, and the uh, easiest way to learn is uh, to uh, teach others. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> that's my way uh, to, to mentor startups uh, from the experience I have and uh, uh, to learn in the process. So I, I get really a lot of uh, good feedback uh, from uh, my mentoring sessions and uh, this also gives me a good uh, good deal flow and let's maybe maybe share some secrets from the kitchen so to say you've been investing in so many startups uh, i would imagine 10x time more have been pitching to you and, and even more right like you've been mentoring so many founders it's like the million dollar question right what makes a startup team investable from your perspective and I think there's many founders listening and, and they always kind of looking for, I need to pitch and I need to look good, but, but not always they look for what's in the shoes, what's to be in the shoes of the investor. What, what, what is an investor looking for when they meet the startup team for, for the first time, let's say? Uh, good question. So it's a topic of uh, one uh, five-hour uh, podcast, <laughs> but but to make it short, uh, uh, actually, if you start a new company, uh, you have uh, three uh, unknowns. Uh, it's the uh, you have to create market, you have to create product, and uh, you have to have resources. Resources are people and money. Uh, there is no single successful company in the world that uh, doesn't have all these three. So to be successful, you need to have all these three market product and resources. So uh, and uh, uh, less you have of these three, uh, more risks you have. Uh, so less uh, probability of success. And uh, for the uh, startup, um, so uh, investors look at the probability of getting all those three. So if you have a great experience uh, uh, from your previous job uh, regarding the product or market, that's uh, helping a lot already. And uh, resources, uh, I mean, good friends you love working with, um, those are your co-founders and uh, then uh, resources like uh, money 
that comes if you have everything else. So that's very shortly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably like as you said, like it's a not five hour, maybe like two days workshop that or, or a podcast. But but like when it comes to market, you you specifically, what what are you looking for? Like, is that you mean like a a huge market that's haven't been explored yet? Is it something that's scale up? Like like. Tell me about the market. What what do you look for when you are trying to assess what's the market possibility? Yeah, there are hundreds uh, hundreds of different possibilities. What I'm looking for specifically is uh, an existing market that startup can uh, disrupt. So, uh, if there is existing market, it's very easy to measure. Uh, so you just Google, you get the answer, and uh, then. Uh, uh, then you talk to customers and the customers uh, tell how much uh, they uh, like this product and uh, voila, you are done. When it comes to product, do you, do you, do you have cases where you see a great team, maybe like they're working or trying to explore something in a market that that's, has potential, but, but it was a really, the product not, wasn't there, but 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 it was like you know there's something about these guys. They'll figure it out. They'll pivot. They'll get some mentoring. The product is really not a good idea. Did you have these cases that you're like I really believe in these guys and maybe the market possibility, but the product they, they, they're willing to maybe pivot. Like we can we can work with them. Yeah, so I think the best example is Ready Player Me. So uh, the <laughs> guys were uh, really uh, enthusiastic about uh, uh, scanning the uh, DOMs and uh, like printing the uh, fetuses. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, but uh, they did, I guess, uh, like seven pivots, uh, egg-shaped uh, like scanners and uh, whatever. Finally, uh, they, uh, uh, they came out with the... Uh, uh, 3D virtual, uh, uh, how you call them? These um, yeah, yeah, goggles. Uh, no, 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 not goggles, but these. Uh, ah, forget the word. But uh, anyway, so uh, seven pivots, and now they are really successful. So growing like hell. So uh, that's a good example. But um, of course, it's very difficult to. Also understand uh, uh, what is the good team. Um, so, for example, uh, statistics says that if you have uh, like succeeded one time, uh, then uh, probably next startup is failure. So, <laughs> so it's not that uh, it's not that easy. Um, and, yeah, uh, and that's why I'm, I'm trying to kind of get into those kind of details that you know startups could be missing. Because, for example. And it's very, I know every every person is different, right? But I want to hear your opinion. For example, somebody did not prepare to pitch you well. Like, and that could be maybe for you a hint that they will not be prepared to, to do the job or like, like, or they didn't dress and they're not ironed for the meeting with you. Like, like, what are some of those kind of things that founders before they meet an investor can do so you'll be like, you know, this, there's something about these guys. You know, I like the discipline. I like they send me an agenda. Like, I don't know. 
can you give some of those suggestions of what gives a good impression? Yeah, probably the um, most important uh, uh, feature of a good founder is uh, ability to sell and execute. So execution, we can see from the past uh, what they have uh, like achieved, and uh, the sales uh, is the we can say ability to raise money. So, so if they can sell it to you and, and you're convinced, uh, exactly. it's, it's very good. It's a very good. Uh... <laughs> exactly. So I'm voting with my money. <laughs> have, have you had the, the opposite example? You have all these trains you mentioned in place, right? Market, product, team, but they were really bad in pitching and, 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 and convincing you. Like, but everything else was, you know, points were there. I have uh, pretty many examples of uh, really good startups uh, uh, like uh, Paktum and uh, Katana and a uh, few others who, uh, uh, which I didn't invest, although I had many opportunities to do that. Uh, so, and uh, there were other reasons like uh, uh, too high valuation or, uh, you know, but not the team. <laughs> Uh, or or maybe like the customer segment, I mean, uh, the Fortune 500 uh, companies uh, are difficult market segment or SP500 companies are uh, difficult segment. So, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, there are different reasons, uh, but uh, I, I don't regret. Uh, it's good to have like uh, investment thesis and uh, to... Uh, to to keep this. No, that's good that you're not, you know, kind of waking it up in the middle of the night. Why didn't I invest in this company that became a unicorn or whatever uh, that, that started to grow like massive? What do you think, by the way, uh, since we're on this topic with this whole, you know, Estonia is having this uh, Hall of Fame, the you know the country with most unicorns per capita, and and now. Um, you know, every every kid out there interested in entrepreneurship is is wants to build a unicorn. Like, what do you think about this whole unicorn rush? It's good. Uh, of course, it's good for the Estonian economy and ecosystem. And uh, uh, children have a unicorn dream, and uh, of course, it's good. <laughs> and it works. You can see. I mean, Estonia is most unicorns per capita. It works. So not bad. We are doing really great. What's the what's the recipe for that though? Like, you know, for many people, many other countries, like this is also interesting, right? Like, why why is Estonia, which you know maybe twenty years ago there wasn't so much happening? You said the word startup was not really known, and all of a sudden, twenty years later, you know, it's incubating. If we can use this word, even though that was a different, it's incubating so many unicorns, and 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 not just unicorns. Innovation is happening. Like, what's what's the key ingredients that were the you know created this possible uh, i guess a lot of it was actually skype that uh, happened to have uh, some founders from estonia um, which is probably pure luck i guess uh, that it happened like that 
it could have been I, I don't know uh, founders from so- Slovenia <laughs> I don't know anything could have happened but uh, we are lucky to have this Skype and uh, you know it's like uh, uh, it, it has been great uh, great journey uh, creating many more startups uh, from this right so so it's the whole and, and I think that's 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 part of it right like it's it's people from this nation start to believe I can do it too so it's like the role model piece which might have been lost uh, 30 40 years ago when the countries in this region were somehow related to to the Soviet Union or something and and then it's like now you start seeing hey my neighbor is 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 building this this company I can do it too so so there's the the mindset shift on the one side there is I guess the funding which is important and the money coming the capital uh, there's the experienced mentors and and people who've done it who can pay it forward a- and then it comes down to which I think you guys been doing quite well I guess the you know creating the infrastructure like now Estonia is you know the, the e-residency there's the uh, you know simplification of uh, starting a company there's all these events hackathons kind of incubating and educating youngsters universities to to kind of to, to, to be excited about this so putting all this together I guess is is uh, um, in some ways the the ingredients yeah and uh, I have to add also maybe uh, that we started from the zero uh, after Soviet Union uh, occupation we we actually had nothing so <laughs> you had to be really creative uh, and that also uh, that also helps but but do you think that's that's actually part of the 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 the, the reason um there's uh, there's a book you might have read it from the israeli ecosystem it's called the startup nation yes and, and um one of the one of the things that i remember about the book is and by the way tel aviv and israel is is really well developed was the ecosystem with many many unicorns and lots of innovation happening there for such a small country as well um, and in the book, they talk about uh, one of the factors is this resiliency that the country has built because they've been constantly on wars, like they have this military service that every person still have to take, right? And and you kind of have to be adaptable, you have to be resilient. Um, do you do you find this to be also the the secret sauce, which many people from this region are probably taking for granted? I think. Because you, you, yeah. you're born with that. Yeah, true, true. And uh, especially for uh, Israel, uh, I guess uh, uh, Soviet Union allowed uh, uh, Israelis uh, to like uh, emigrate uh, to Israel. Uh, and uh, um, and a lot of like scientists, PhDs, they just emigrated from uh, uh occupation um, because it was like uh, uh, they, they, they really couldn't do their science you know and uh, it was limited you know it's not free world uh, socialism yeah what what kind of science you can in you can do in socialism I mean <laughs> and uh, then they uh, left and they were really uh, waited uh, in in Israel so uh, 
a uh, lot of government support and that also uh, helped a lot i guess in in case of israel yeah it's it's fascinating to 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 learn the patterns and and see which part could be applied for for me somebody being born in bulgaria it's it's fascinating to 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 see how slowly but consistently we start seeing this shift in mindset in terms of owning our strengths and i think that's what we should focus on instead of trying to be the markets that the big markets on their terms and what they are good at to to kind of find what are the things that we actually excel at i mean somebody from eastern europe you can you can make stuff with no budget or low budget right like you you, yeah. you get creative you you you're born with that there's no electricity go figure it out right? like, <laughs> <laughs> i mean the, the the current example with uh, there's many great examples uh Uh, with the infor- unfortunate events in Ukraine, but 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 the people of uh, of Ukraine, like there's many of these startup founders that literally they're part of the whole, you know, war effort. They're on the front or they're supporting. They're you know taking care and somehow to to be part of this defense. And and at the same time, they need to run their startups. But being in these tough conditions, and they're from the regions or they kind of used to this resiliency helps them to to perform in some cases even better uh and, and to get such uh, great results yeah too much money makes you lazy right right that's how most of the big <laughs> civilizations uh, have been degrading right <laughs> yeah true excellent if let's get back a little bit to to talk about uh, i had a question i wanted to ask you and it's it's more about uh, um you know You mentioned previously the conversation uh, lead investor, and, and and I'm actually curious if you can talk to me about that. Like like, what is the what is the the key motivation of a lead investor? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, first start from the role of uh, lead investor. So uh, lead investor uh, invests also his own money, and he probably believes uh, so much into this startup that. Uh, Uh, he is ready to put his own social capital uh, at risk and uh, raise money also from other investors uh, to the startup. Uh, so, um, and uh, to do the due diligence, to spend really a lot of time uh, with the startup uh, to help them close the funding. So, uh, uh, of course, um, you can do it maybe uh, free of charge for uh, one or two times, but uh, if uh, uh, one will make many syndicates, uh, he starts thinking of uh, some kind of um, um, more motivating model. And what is typically used here is... uh, Uh, it's the same actually what uh, Espan uses with uh, syndicates. It's uh, covering the costs so that you don't uh, need to pay the, all the costs of syndication uh, on behalf of others. So everyone pays his own costs and also carry if everything goes well. I mean, if, uh, if you get the exit. So... Uh, And the carry, uh, what is carry? Probably we need to also elaborate a little bit on that as well. Uh, 
if the startup uh, makes an exit, uh, then uh, uh, investors, if the exit is a good one, yeah, then investors get back the principal. They invested uh, some. And uh, everything else uh, on top of that is uh, like the profits. And uh, carry is certain percentage from these profits. Uh, in, in case of lead investors, we typically speak about like uh, 5 to 10% of carry. Um, and uh, uh, let's make an example. If uh, uh, Angel invested 100K and uh, the uh, profits were, uh, sorry, investor invested like 10K, profits were 100K, like 10 times more. Uh, and uh, then carry is 10%, then uh, he has to pay to the lead investor 10,000 euros. So that's not much, uh, actually, uh, uh, if uh, uh, you, uh, he, he got back like nine times the investment and uh, one time of the investment is uh, given to the lead investor for all this hassle. Okay. And... Thinking about uh, like what what, uh, what stage are we looking at? Like when are the lead investors like like is that at any stages or like when do we have the need for a lead investor? Yeah, let's say uh, in Estonian uh, or Baltics uh, or Eastern European region, most uh, angel investors invest uh, uh, anything between five uh, k uh, to hundred k uh, typically. Um, and uh, in Europe, where uh, um, the investors have had more time to uh, gather their riches, uh, and there are uh, uh, richer, like angels, uh, who also maybe invest half a million or uh, one million or more. It depends on on how much money he has. So. Um, Sorry, what was the question actually? When which stage is, oh, uh, yeah, is yeah, needed yeah. for a lead investor? <laughs> so, uh, and <laughs> if you uh, collect money <coughs> like uh, uh, from ten investors, ten uh, k each, you get uh, like hundred uh, k. Uh, then this investment goes into pre-seed or seed stage. In uh, A round, B round, so on, um, uh, small angels do not have enough powder to to co-invest typically. Uh, so we are speaking here uh, in terms of angel syndicates. We are speaking here uh, early stage investments in seed rounds, pre-seed rounds, typically. And the round sizes uh, here in this region, I would say. Typical investments from syndicates are um, whatever between 50k to half a million. And where is the typical the typical kind of places where you know the startups are meeting syndicates? Like, is is that like just uh, the direct reach out? Is that like meeting people and like like kind of pitching at conferences? Like, like is there any any other ways like? For the startup founders listening, what's the, the best way to be presented and to be 
to look attractable or like investable in front of the eyes of the right syndicates? There are three ways, I would say. Uh, first is, of course, the um, startup events uh, where syndicates are formed to invest into best uh, best performing, most investable startup. Uh, the second uh, way to approach syndicates is through the uh, angel uh, uh, angel networks like SPAN, LATPAN, LITPAN, PIBAN. And uh, the third way is to reach directly out to the uh, angel investor who is uh, becoming happily the lead investor. And uh, that's, that's the third possible, uh, possible way. Got it. Got it. And now, Ivo, I would like to lead you a little bit uh, more globally on, on the last couple of questions. Uh, um, the first one is more... You know, it's the beginning of 2023 when we are recording this podcast and and it's a very, very interesting, very, for many, very challenging, very uncertain times. Uh, and I want to hear your perspective, your global perspective. What are the moods right now in the world of investing? Like, like many startups I talk to, many founders are concerned that it's harder to get funding and, and, um, Investors are more reluctant, but but again, you're in this world uh, a lot more than me, and and I'm curious what's what's the global mood like, and and where do you see things going in the next six to twelve months? Uh, for the investors, I mean, it's a huge party going on right now. A lot of startups, a lot of investment opportunities, uh, also in the stock markets, valuations uh, down like fifty uh, percent. Uh, three times, four times, six times, you name it. So huge, uh, huge party going on uh, for investors, of course. And uh, I mean, if you look at the companies, they are doing the uh, same revenue, same profit, like in uh, like, uh, or even more, like in two or three years back, but the valuations are like two times, three times less. So what can be better for the investor? I mean, it's the best time to invest. And uh, 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 for the startups uh, or uh, startup investing, I would say uh, now it's uh, for the investors, it's uh, uh, more time to consider your investment. The investments, uh, investment rounds take longer. Um, so it's good time again for the investors, uh, not uh, that good for the startups. Startups have to think how to survive even without the investment uh, sometime. And cash flow neutral startups are the most popular right now among the investors. Um, but um, in general, I would say, um, apart from being the best time to invest, uh, I think also the... Uh, probably the stock markets are like uh, stabilized. Uh, of course, we don't know. We can't predict the future. And as many as there are investors, uh, there are different opinions. But um, I'm I'm pretty positive. So um, I'm all in investments right now. So no cash uh, <laughs> because it's so good. Good valuations, and uh, I mean, I love it. You, you wish to have more cash. Yeah, of course, always. 
<laughs> sure. So, so what what would be your advice? You you as you said, like maybe that's a very kind of challenging times for for many startups, for many founders. What would be your advice to founders about uh, leadership in in times of uncertainty, in times of crisis? I guess uh, it's very important to motivate your best employees. Uh, that's uh, the number one. Uh, so don't take them mad. Uh, don't, don't make them mad. Uh, these, uh, the best employees, the best uh, co-founders, uh, these are the ones who uh, bring you through the bad times and uh, uh, to the good times. Uh, then um, it's also good time to let uh, some people go um, who are not that um, well performing probably uh, to find new opportunities and it's uh, really really important also uh, in times like that uh, to uh, cut the costs uh, to keep uh, like cash flow neutral at least uh, then it's much easier to raise money, not to cover the costs, but uh, to increase the sales. Oh, thanks so much, Ivo. It's uh, unpopular and unpolitically correct advice, but but straight to the point. Like the, the things that not many people will tell you, now it might be a good time to let go some people because it's just what it is. Um, and and you, you need to, from business standpoint, you need to keep the cost uh, the cost. Uh, in a good place, at least neutral. Um, definitely not the politically correct <laughs> advice, you know, <laughs> but uh, but an honest one. Uh, so, you know, those of you listening, and, and the other thing is also very important, as you said, like to, now is the time to be there for your team, for the, the, the key people from the team, the co-founders, the, the, the managers, the leaders, to maybe spend even more time with them uh, instead of rushing around and to 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 allow this space for them to 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 hear them uh, to communicate consistently updates and news and and if something is going not so well and the predictions are not so well instead of being over positive and and trying to play it cool to to be actually more um, more there uh, not not to create panic but but to to communicate and to people want certainty. Even if sometimes the, the news are bad, they prefer the news rather than things are up in the air and nobody knows what's going on. Um, but but it's, you know, winter is, what was it? Winter is coming, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Winter is, is, is here probably, or maybe it's going to be a long winter. We don't know. But but there's a lot of good things about the winter as well. If if we manage to mitigate the, the, the biggest risks and dangers to, to, to be more strict, more disciplined, but also to... To try and spot opportunities, and, and and if we have to pivot to 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 find new new ways to to support and help our customers, so um, it's uh, it's exciting times, I think. And um, obviously, Evo is very excited to 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 be investing more and more in these times. So maybe some of you might consider this. Maybe some of you actually will consider getting in touch with Evo or or joining an angel syndicate, or if you're a founder reaching out to some of them so you can potentially get an investment uh, if you happen to be good in having the right ingredients for that. So, Ivo, thank you so much for, for joining me today, for joining the Productivity Mastery, sharing all these insights. Uh, just to wrap up, uh, 
where could people find you, get in touch with you, um, if they're seeking for investment, if they're seeking for, uh, maybe you can give it a very brief kind of a idea what, what's your focus today and what are the kind of people you want to be in touch with? Um, yeah, so uh, my focus today is uh, investing uh, startups uh, and uh, with my other fund, Nestcap, Uh, we acquire profitable companies, uh, mid-sized companies, uh, let's say 50 to more employees. And uh, uh, you can all reach me out uh, if uh, you are interested in co-investing in syndicates or uh, if you're a startup and uh, looking for the investment in uh, early stage startup or if you are a company uh, that's looking for the uh, uh, buyer or strategic uh, exit. So uh, just Google my name. Uh, you find me in uh, LinkedIn or uh, just internet. So you'll find my contacts there. Um, there is not many people with my name, only two in the world. <laughs> so you will certainly reach me out. Uh, and uh, happy to have a chat with you. Well, thank you so much, Ivo. Thank you for not just this podcast, but for being a giver, for for always helping, always connecting people, mentoring, and and just being a real role model for, for so many of us. Uh, keep on doing what you're doing. I wish you, uh, of course, a lot more cash these days so you can invest it and <laughs> get the good terms. Uh, so thanks so much for everybody for listening. Uh, We're making it to the end of the episode and uh, we will keep on bringing you amazing people like Ivo. Uh, next week on February 7th, we'll have the chance to uh, get us a guest, the founder and CEO, former CEO of uh, the largest wine app in the world, Vivino. So uh, stay with us, stay tuned on the channels and uh, keep performing. See you next time. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to subscribe to my monthly newsletter by visiting stoeniankov.com and also learn about the Perform methodology and the Perform book, as well as our various personal and team coaching offers. Stay tuned and keep performing. <laughs>